You're listening to Divorce Happy Hour, your source for everything you need to know about divorce in New Jersey. I am your host today, John Nocklinger. My co-host, Christina Previtt, is sadly not with me because thanks to this lovely coronavirus, we're not allowed to be in the same place at the same time. Be that as it may, the show must go on. Today, we have a very special presentation of Divorce Happy Hour. We will be giving you a replay of the child support webinar that um, our law firm put out this past week. It is on the top 10 things you need to know about child support in New Jersey. If you're a visual learner and you'd like to actually watch the webinar, please give our office a call at 732-529-6937, or you can send us an email at intake at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com, and we will hook you up. But without further ado, here are the top 10 things about child support that you need to know about. Number one, child support is calculated by formula. So if your combined net incomes, and by combined net incomes, I mean you and the other parent, are $3,600 per week or less, you will calculate child support based upon the child support guidelines. Now, this is a program that was put together by the state of New Jersey. And the state of New Jersey has decided um, basically how much children cost to raise. And they did this through a variety of studies uh, several years ago. By several years ago, I mean like 20 years ago. Um, it hasn't really been updated all that much in recent years. They do fluctuate the amounts based on cost of living and certain things like that. But if you make $3,600 a week net income, so after taxes, or less, you're going to use the child support guidelines. So... The way the child support guidelines work is they divide the cost of raising the child between the two parents. And so the parent the child is living with primarily will receive money from the other parent. The non-custodial parent or the person with fewer overnights, thats so whoever has less than 50% of the overnights with the child, and I'm going to go into what all this terminology means in a moment, so don't, uh, don't lose me quite yet. Um, will receive a credit for the time the, children's, the time the children spend with him or her. The guidelines do not apply to children over the age of 17. Now, they may still be used for, over, for older children, and I'll go into that in a few moments, but they strictly do not apply to any child over the age of 17. Number two, all sources of income are included in the child support calculation. What does that mean, all? It means wages from your job. And um, this is not the job you had while you were married. You know, some people will think of alimony and they think, well, that's how much I was making while I was married. Child support has no relationship to how much you were making while you were married. Your children are entitled to support based on what you are currently making, even if it's significantly more than you were making during the marriage. Now, any mandatory deductions, in other words, deductions you have no control over, these are typically things like union dues or pension deductions, those will be removed from your salary before we calculate child support. If you receive any alimony from your current spouse or from a former spouse, that is income that will be included uh, before we calculate child support. If you are paying alimony, then you're going to get a deduction. Investment income. Overtime. Now, overtime is something people argue about quite frequently, but if you customarily get overtime, it will be part of your income for child support. 
any bonuses you get. Now, bonuses by their very nature are not guaranteed, much like overtime. But if you customarily are getting bonuses, it's going to be put in your income for purposes of child support. Now, does that mean we need to average a couple years to sort of get to something that's fair? Maybe. But the fact of the matter is um, overtime and bonuses are part of your income. Any government benefits you get, so that's unemployment, disability, social security, those are fairly important these days given that, um, you know, the situation with the job market. But those are income for purposes of calculating child support. Uh, if you get any pension payments or any kind of uh, distributions from like a 401k or anything in retirement, that is income as well. If you get any inheritance, now inheritance, um, if you've watched my prior webinars, you know that inheritance is not subject to division and a divorce, but the income from your inheritance is included for child support. So all sources of income literally means all sources of income. Number three, base child support has nothing to do with your actual expenses. This is a hard pill for many people to swallow, but it is a, something you need to know. The payor, the person paying child support, it doesn't matter what their expenses are. It does not matter at all. You could be leveraged up to your eyeballs and barely able to afford anything. If you, depending on what your income is, child support is going to be a number, and that number is what you're going to be paying, regardless what your expenses are. So it's, it's also based on your overnight allocation too, which I'm going to get to in a couple moments. So the custodial parent's actual expenses. So this is the person the child spends more than 50% of the time with um, and is the person receiving child support. Their expenses are relevant about 95% of the time. Now, why not 100%? Because there will be some consideration as to whether or not your family's expenses for the child are significantly different from the average family. This typically comes into play whenever you've got a child with special needs who um, just cost more money because of the sorts of things that you have to pay for than the average child. Certain expenses um, will be added to child support. I'm gonna go into that in a few moments because not every family incurs them. So there are certain things that are included in child support and certain things that are not included in child support but your base child support amount has nothing to do with your personal expenses. Number four, what is included in basic child support? So the first thing that's included is your housing. That's everything related to you living in your home. It's included in child support. All the food, so all the groceries for your children, all the dining out you might do with your kids included. All of their clothing, this includes school uniforms if your children wear school uniforms. It includes their footwear, diapers, dry cleaning. The only thing it really doesn't include is if your child's in some kind of specialty sport like lacrosse, football, soccer, and they need uh, um, dance, and they need special shoes for those activities. That's not included in child support, but I'll get to that in a moment. Any kind of transportation. So this is you driving your kid around town. You driving your kid back and forth to activities, to school, to any of those things. That is included in child support. Now, a car, car insurance, gasoline, maintenance, all that good stuff for a car that you might buy your child when they turn 17, 18, 19, that is not included in child support. And to the extent that becomes an expense, you and your spouse would have to pay for it. 
uh, separately from child support. Entertainment for your child. This is birthday parties they're going to, going out to the movies with their friends, any lessons they have, their pets, their hobbies, toys, video games, all of those things are included. Um, there is some level of debate, I will say, about things like lessons. Um, I think it's, I think it's uh, widely believed that tutoring is definitely not included in child support. But again, this goes back to what does the average family incur? So if the average family doesn't incur it, it's likely not in included in child support. Unreimbursed healthcare expenses up to the first $250 per year per child are included in child support. And any personal care products and services, so your kids getting their, their hair done, uh, you, you have little girls going to get their nails done, all of those things are included in child support. And finally, school supplies and school lunch, those are included in child support. Number four, what is specifically not included in child support? Well, work-related child care. This includes before and after care or full day, uh, day care if your children are younger and summer camp. If summer camp is being used as work-related child care, it is absolutely not included in child support and it's something that would need to be split between you and the other parent. The cost of the healthcare insurance for your children, the incremental cost, would be is not included in child support. Unreimbursed healthcare expenses exceeding $250 per year per child. Private school, so if your kids are in private school, that's certainly not included in child support. If you have any special needs of your child because they're gifted or they're disabled, those needs are not going to be included in child support. If you have any long distance parenting time expenses, so this is a situation where maybe uh, mom lives in California, dad lives in New York, and the children have to go back and forth. Those expenses are not included in child support. Some extracurricular activities are not included in child support. I say some, and I'm purposely ambiguous because it's subjective. It's really a matter of how much do they cost. Number six, how are healthcare expenses divided between the parents? Well, the, the insurance costs are going to be put actually into the child support guidelines. And we're going to be looking at the incremental cost. This is the cost between a parent-child policy and an individual policy. So whatever the difference is there, that's how much your child costs to be covered by insurance. Uh, so the cost is divided proportionate to income. Uh, and the way that that works is, you know, when we put it into the child support guidelines and it's split proportionate to income. And then whoever's paying for the insurance gets a credit for the full amount paid. You always need a provision whenever you reach an agreement that if there's any kind of change in the cost of health insurance or, or your employment or your employer's availability, of providing insurance that there would be some kind of modification to your child support. And anything that costs more than $250 per year per child is gonna be divided by the parents proportionate to their after tax income, so their net incomes. Now that requires you to communicate with your, um, it requires you to communicate with your spouse, your spouse, the other parent, um, on anything that's not an emergency. I mean, obviously if your child's in an you know, an accident, you're not going to be required to call the other parent and say, is it okay if I take our child to the emergency room? But if it's a non-emergency healthcare expenses, you really should talk to your spouse before you incur them. Because if you don't, you're going to, it's going to turn into a fight. And the last thing you want is a fight. 
And then you need to come up with some kind of exchange and reimbursement policy. How long after you incur an expense um, are you going to provide receipts to the other spouse? And then how long are they going to have to pay uh, their share of those expenses? Number seven. Now, this is very important. Number seven is there are three parts of child support. And this is very important because of, the, of what we're going to talk about in the next couple of uh, slides. Because you need to understand how child support is put together to sort of understand what happens in various scenarios. So 38% of child support is fixed costs. These are things that you incur whether or not your child's at home. So their bedroom doesn't evaporate whenever, you, uh, whenever your child's over at their other parent's house. You still have to pay for that bedroom no matter what. Variable costs are those that travel with the child. So these are things like gas to drive them around, food. Food is definitely um, something that uh, you only incur whenever your child is with you. And controlled expenses are 25% of child support. These are expenses that the parent to primary residence, who is the parent the child is with more than 50% of the time, presumably has control over. I say presumably because it's not always the case, but presumably they have control over. And this is clothing, personal care, entertainment, those sorts of things. So remember these things in a moment. It'll become more clear why, why I told you about the three parts of child support. Oh. Number eight. Wait for this to open. Number eight, overnights are very important in determining the amount of child support. Now, in some cases, somebody will want a certain number of overnights for no other purpose than to decrease the amount of child support that they owe. I know it's strange that someone would want to do something like that, but it happens and it happens more frequently than it should. So an overnight is the majority of a 24-hour day. So 12 hours plus one minute is an overnight. For simplicity reasons, it's almost always the, it's almost always the place where the children sleep at night. So that's usually how we calculate an overnight. Um, there are certain situations where you, that would not be fair to calculate it that way, but I'd say for 98% of all cases, an overnight is just where is the child's head at night. So the magic number is 104 overnights, and I'll explain why it's a magic number in a moment. That is the equivalent of two or more overnights every week with the child. So if the non-custodial parent has 104 overnights or more, then what's going to happen is that parent's going to get a credit for the fixed and the variable expenses. Now, in all cases, the non-custodial parent gets a credit for variable expenses because remember what I told you a minute ago, variable expenses follow the child. So when they're with the non-custodial parent, they, that parent has to pay for their food, for example. If there's 104 overnights or more, the non-custodial parent not only gets a credit for the variable expenses while the child is with them, but they also get a credit for the fixed expenses. So what we mean by that is, we presume that because the child's spending 104 overnights um, with the non-custodial parent, the non-custodial parent needs to have an extra bedroom for that child. Um, and because of that, they get this credit. So I think you saw a minute ago, fixed expenses are 38% of child support. So if now all of a sudden, 
you're reducing that share of the child support because of this credit, you can see child support goes down in some cases dramatically as the non-custodial parent has more than 104 overnights a year. So 104 is the magic number you will see as many people do whatever they can to get to that magic number because of that substantial credit that um, they will get. Number nine, the age of the child may change the amount of child support. So child support is the average cost of raising a child from the time they're born to the time they're 17. So let's say it was $100,000 um, divided by 17, that gets us per year, divided by the 52 weeks in a year. It's averaged over the whole cost. So the whole idea is if you started paying child support the day your child is born and you stop paying when they turn 18, the cost would have been averaged out over that entire time. <laughs> that sounds nice, right? That's not how it actually works in reality. So the way we sort of deal with that is that because obviously older children cost more than younger children. But if you're paying child support over a number of years, like when children, you start when children are young all the way till the time they're teenagers, you front loaded a little bit of what you're paying in child support. So the way that the guidelines deal with this is if child support starts, and starts means there has never been a child support order before this time. If child support starts on or after a child's 12th birthday, then child support is increased by 14.6% on both the initial order and on all subsequent orders. How they got to 14.6%, I have no clue, but that's the number. And uh, if, if the initial order is on the child's 12th birthday or later, then there will be this increase in child support. Now, if you start child support when your child is 10 years old, let's say, you don't get an automatic increase when they turn 12. This is literally for a situation where child support only starts when the child is 12 or older. Fair or not is a, you know, again, that's the eye of the beholder, right? Whether or not this is fair, this is what the law is. Now, the child support guidelines that we only already discussed only apply to children that are 18 years of age or younger. Um, or if they, are still in high school and they've turned 18, they will continue to apply until they graduate from high school. Now the guidelines specifically can be applied to any um, student over the age of 18 who has graduated high school, who's going to college, who is commuting to college. So, you know, you've got a child that's commuting, let's say to Middlesex County Community College and still living in your house. Well, the child support guidelines can still be applied because you're still supporting this child, right? Um, I say may because that's what the guidelines say. They may be applied, which obviously means they may not be applied. But most of the time we use the guidelines just because it's easier. It's much easier to use a, a calculation than it is to fight about um, those sorts of numbers. College expenses are not included in child support. And if your child is going to college and living on campus, um, child support doesn't automatically terminate, but it certainly needs to be modified because you're not incurring the same level of expenses as you were. And not only that, but the non-custodial parent is likely contributing towards room and board at school. So we don't want any double dipping going on. Now, 
I'm not discussing college contribution in this particular webinar, but I will be having a webinar soon on this very important topic. Because if your children are going to college in the fall and you haven't already reached an agreement as to college expenses, time is a running out. You need to get moving because I'll tell you right now, the court system moves very slowly. And if you can't reach an agreement, um, it may be well into your child's freshman year of college before you reach an agreement on uh, college expenses and modification of child support. Finally, number 10, child support ends when a child is emancipated. So emancipation literally means the child has moved beyond the sphere of in, your sphere of influence, is what the, the uh, law says. But that really just means that you no longer have control over your child child financially. So they're not dependent on you for support any longer. Now I know some kids will graduate from college and still will need to live at home because of all kinds of different circumstances, most likely student loans, but um, they can work at that point. And that's really what we're looking for is when did they become self-sufficient so they can work and support themselves? Now what's very important in New Jersey, and New Jersey is very different from every other state. So forget what you've heard about from your friends in New York or, or Pennsylvania, it's different in New Jersey. In New Jersey, only a judge can emancipate a child, period. And obviously you can, be a judge, you can ask a judge to emancipate a child or you can get the consent of the other parent. If there is no order emancipating your child, your child is not emancipated, period. Now you may have heard something that changed the law recently about what happens when your child turns 19. It is very misunderstood, so I'm just gonna tell you real quick what it is. If you have child support that's being paid through their probation department and your child is not in college, child support will likely terminate when your child turns 19. So probation and your child's not in college, child support will likely terminate when they turn 19. However, that doesn't emancipate your child because what did I just say a second ago? Only the court can emancipate your child. This is, um, what we're talking about here is more of an administrative thing. And child support will continue past age 19 if you show the child's still in high school, is a full-time student in college, or has a mental or physical disability that would um, necessitate child support continuing. So just keep that in mind because there is stuff out online saying that children are being emancipated automatically when they turn 19. That is not true because only a judge can emancipate your child. I have talked to so many people who come to me when their kids are in their 30s and they're like, I, I forgot to emancipate my kid. Some people have been paying child support for years. It's amazing to me. Um, but just always keep that in mind. I will tell you that most children are emancipated when they graduate from college, from undergraduate college or from a vocational program, or they get their associate's degree and don't go on to a four-year college. Also, if they join the military or if they get married, um, those would be reasons uh, child support would terminate. Now, if they have a full-time job and they're not in college, then they would be emancipated. But if they have a full-time job and they're going to college at the same time, undergraduate college, then they're not gonna be emancipated. So emancipation is um, fact-specific, um, obviously, but um, just remember, you either need to get your the other parent to agree to emancipate or you need to get a judge to issue an order emancipating your child.
okay? Those are our 10 things, um, as I do on every webinar. If you text HAPPY to 66866, um, we're going to send you a bunch of free resources because um, the, there's no such thing as too much information, right? And also, if you want to have a consultation, an absolutely free consultation with our office just to talk about anything you didn't understand in the webinar, anything about your kids that you want to um, have some answers to some questions, more than happy to do that. I mean, right now, we're doing all of our consultations through video and phone at, for obvious reasons. So, uh, and then obviously, we'll send you a couple of special offers too. All of this will expire on April 30th. 2020 um because i'm hoping by that point we can all leave our houses again right <laughs> uh, okay so if you have any questions please give our office a call 732-384-1573 or feel free to email us at intake at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com we'd be happy to answer any questions that we can answer um i hope you found this very informative and that it answers some of your questions um, i hope everyone uh, stays safe and uh, we'll talk to you soon.